being the president was with NATO leaders. What happened at that meeting? It was, we saw the rumbles. What was going on behind the scenes? Uh, a few things. One is that emergency session where they asked the Georgian and Ukrainian presidents to leave in the middle of their presentation. Apparently Trump's like, okay, we're done with you now. Um, one thing they did is Trump was very frustrated that he wasn't getting commitments from other leaders to spend more. And many of them said, well, we have to ask our parliaments. We have a process. We can't just tell you we're going to spend more. It's a legal process. Trump turns around to uh, the Turkish president, uh, Recep Erdogan, and says, except for Erdogan over here, he does things the right way, and then actually fist bumps yeah. the oh. Turkish president. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's from Ian Bremmer on CBS uh, this morning. Is that true? Well, I, I doubt Ian Bremmer made that up. Uh. So Trump says, Erdogan over there does things the right way, huh? He's a dictator. He can just agree or disagree. He's an Islamist dictator. That is something. Who's who's probably the greatest danger to NATO. Yeah, something. Um, Killing our our boys, the uh, Kurds, too. We've been saying we think... Got a beef with them. Goes way back. Turkish beef. (laughs) We've been thinking that any minute Trump and Putin are going to walk out and have their press conference... We've been thinking that any minute now for like an hour and a half. So. Yes. Uh, but when it happens, but we'll bring eventually it to your we'll be right. So here's something we got to bring up and discuss because it's getting a fair amount of attention. The indictments on Friday showed a timeline that would lead you to believe, well, could lead you to believe, that the very day in the campaign, I think everybody remembers it, when Trump was off the cuff speaking as he always does. Hey, what is this fight we got there in the press pool there? What's going Whoa. on there? Whoa. There's a, there's a dust up. Among Bring the us press. audio. Yeah. Some old fella has got a sign. A young buck is trying to get a sign away from him. What's the sign say? Probably in Russian. Now they're hustling him out. Things are going to go badly for him for the rest of the day. He had a malicious item, a sign. It said, ban nuclear weapons. You read the sign? Well, yeah, my Russian's a little rusty, but no, I'm reading the closed captioning on a... So a guy a had station. banned nuclear weapons sign, and they're wrestling it out of his hand. Okay. Right. Well, we know what's going on there. Okay, uh, that's hey, peace now. Who can disagree with that? Absolutely. Peace through strength. So we know that, remember Trump talking off the cuff one of the meetings, uh, one of the rallies or whatever during the campaign, he said something about Hillary's emails, and he said, yes. hey, Russians, if you could get a hold of those emails, good to be a, I think there'd be a big something or other in it from the press. Boy, they'd really love that. Right. You'd be well rewarded by our press. Why don't you, why don't you hack in and get Hillary's emails or whatever? That very day. Well, what he said was, if you can find those 30,000 missing emails, that would be great. So that very day, uh, the Russians hacked into the DNC server. And some people are using that as a clear example of how it was coordinated between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Which no way. The, the, the problem with that logic is you, you, you got to believe that Donald Trump wouldn't announce that on stage to give his his wink and nod to the Russians. <laughs> Now's the time to go after the server if they were coordinating. Right. Right. <laughs> Seems He'd make Eric put on a polar bear suit and scamper across the Arctic to get word to Putin. <laughs> no, that's idiotic. It was clearly a sarcastic comment. The news about the hacking had just come out. It was a sarcastic comment about Hillary deleting 30,000 emails after being specifically ordered to 
uh, to preserve them, which uh, they could have asked old Agent Strzok about during those hearings last week. That would have been interesting. But you anyway, got, you got to believe it's a coincidence then, right? That uh, I mean, it's one in three sixty-five. It's not crazy that it could happen the same day, but. Uh, as Chris Christie was pointing out yesterday, look, we know from the indictment they had been working on these sorts of things for months. Right. Um, well, and uh, to me, that 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 sounds like kind of false logic. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, if that was a major development. But, I mean, if somebody, uh, you know, brought up wine today and it comes out, I have a glass of wine or two this evening, that ain't causation. That's just correlation. Because I was going to anyway. And and Russia was working like crazy on these projects. So, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, it's a heck of a coincidence. Cause, so that was a major development that day or later that day? It was a major development, yeah. Okay. That was when the first time they hacked in, they got into the... But if I'm Putin, it's possible that if we were, if we were trying to... Because it would seem that he tried to time things. Before the DNC convention, various times to try to have the the maximum impact. Sure, why wouldn't you? Yeah, he's good at his job. It would seem to me that if I'm Putin and we're and we're going after the server, um, when if he heard if he got wind that Trump said that, oh, do it today, do it today. Oh, the first lady and the heavyweights are are filing into the hall now. There's Bolton and his mustache. His mustache walked in first, and then he walked in after it. There's Pompeo. Pompeo. <laughs> Question before Putin and Trump walk out of the room, in a shirt or out of a shirt? Is Putin wearing a shirt for the press I say conference? shirtless. <laughs> shirt, but his sleeves are rolled up and he's freshly greased from his bear wrestling match. <laughs> That's right. He still has the perspiration running down his cheeks. I expect Trump to be in a long red tie and an unbuttoned jacket. Because that's his look. Uh, yes. Yeah. An un- unbuttoned... Uh, what? Unbuttoned tie and long red jacket. That'd be so, new. Are we supposed to? Uh, you want us to take a break now for the other for people who are have to go away. If you have to leave us, and you usually take a break, I guess we will go to break now. All the other stations, we're going to stay here and take the uh, the press conference. Right. So go to break. Three, two, one. Bye, everybody. See ya. And we're finally, still they're gone. Boy. <laughs> Let me tell you about those yeah, guys. Let's oh. talk. Let's talk Ooh. about those people that Ooh. went away. Limp biscuit. Mm. Wow. They so. are a little embarrassing. Trump and Putin walking up. There you go. It's funny. We got three different feeds on one of them. They're already up there and talking on the other one. They're not. All right. Well, that's that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Bring up the audio, Michael. This is exciting. Oh, it's going to be good. Guaranteed. Thank you so much. It's all right. Shall we start working, I guess? Distinguished Mr. President, ladies and gentlemen. Negotiations with the President of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, took place in a frank and businesslike atmosphere. I think we can call it a success and a very fruitful round of negotiations. We carefully analyzed the current status, the present and the future of the Russia-United States relationship, key issues of the global agenda. It's quite clear to everyone that the bilateral relationship are going through a complicated stage, and yet those impediments the current tension, the tense atmosphere 
essentially have no solid reason behind it. The Cold War is a thing of past. The era of acute ideological confrontation of the two countries is a thing of a remote past, is a vestige of the past. The situation in the world changed dramatically. Today, both Russia and the United States face a whole new set of challenges. Those include a dangerous maladjustment of mechanisms for maintaining international security and stability, regional crises, the creeping threats of terrorism and transnational crime. It's the snowballing problems in the economy, environmental risks and other sets of challenges. We can only cope with these challenges if we join the ranks and work together. Hopefully we will reach this understanding with our American partners. Today's negotiations reflected our joint wish, our joint wish with President Trump to redress this negative situation in the bilateral relationship. Outline the first steps for improving this relationship to restore the acceptable level of trust and going back to the previous uh, level of interaction on all mutual interests issues. As major nuclear powers, we bear special responsibility for maintaining international security. I deem it vital, and we mentioned this during the negotiations, it's crucial that we fine-tune the dialogue on strategic stability and global security and non-proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. We submitted our American colleagues a note with a number of specific suggestions. We believe it necessary to work together further on to interact on the disarmament agenda, military and technical cooperation. This includes the extension of the strategic offensive arms limitation treaty. It's the dangerous situation with the global American anti-missile defense system. It's the implementation issues with the INF treaty. And of course, the agenda of non-placement of weapons in space. Mm. We favor the continued cooperation in counterterrorism and maintaining cybersecurity. And I'd like to point out specifically that our special services are cooperating quite successfully together. The most recent example is their operational cooperation uh, within the recently concluded World Football Cup. In general, the contacts among the special services should be put to a system-wide basis, should be a, uh, brought to a systemic framework. I recall, I remind, reminded President Trump about the suggestion to re-establish the working group on anti-terrorism. We also mentioned a plethora of regional crises. It's not always um, that our postures dovetail exactly, and yet uh, the overlapping and mutual interests abound. We have to look for points of contact and interact closer and a variety of inter international fora. Clearly, we mentioned the regional crisis, for instance, Syria. As far as Syria is concerned, the task of establishing peace and reconciliation in this country could be the first showcase example of the successful joint work. Russia and the United States apparently can act proactively and take assumed leadership. So we are taking the Trump-Putin uh, press conference live. Putin is making his opening statement. Um, you have any comments on it so far? Uh, I was, well, yeah, but I can wait. 
Well, I want to hear what you think. Brief version. Putin is quite cleverly putting a bunch of issues on the table that he wants to negotiate. Sure. So we go to his house saying, hey, you've committed crimes against us. And he said, yeah, let's talk about all of this stuff. And is cleverly throwing stuff like missile defense space, various regional crises out there, many of whom he's many of which he's caused. Well, getting back to the analogy we're using earlier of, uh, you know, a married couple and, 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 you know, she's cheating on him all the time. They sit down and she says, yeah, there there are a lot of stresses in this relationship. And I think it's good that we're going to try to. Yeah, all the stresses are because of you. All the stresses are because you're you're doing things wrong. I still think we need to talk about you're driving an expensive car. You know, you play too much golf, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. All these things are worth discussing. Wow. Right? Interesting. Here we go. More Putin. And take assume the leadership in this issue and organize the interaction to overcome humanitarian crisis and help Syrian refugees to go back to their homes. In order to, to accomplish this level of successful cooperation in Syria, we have all the required components. Let me remind you that both Russian and American military have acquired a useful experience of coordination of their action, established the operational channels of communication, which permitted to avoid dangerous incidents and unintentional collisions in the air and in the ground. Got to mention, you know, while he's talking about the cooperation in Syria and this and that, they bomb hospitals, they gas children. That's part of their working with us and helping to stabilize Syria. Unbelievable. Also, um, crushing terrorists in the southwest of Syria, the south of Syria, should be brought to the full compliance with the treaty of 1974 about the separation of forces about separation of forces of israel and syria this will bring peace to golan heights and bring a more peaceful relationship between syria and israel and also to provide security of the state of israel Mr. President paid special attention to the issue during today's negotiations, and I would like to confirm that Russia is interested in this development and this will act accordingly. Thus far, we will make a step toward creating a lasting peace in compliance with the respective resolutions of uh, Security Council, for instance, the Resolution 338. We it is, we're glad that the Korean Peninsula issue is starting to resolve. To a great extent, it was possible thanks to the personal engagement of President Trump, who prefer, opted for dialogue instead of confrontation. You know, we also mentioned our concern about the withdrawal of the United States from the JCPOA. Well, uh, the US, our U.S. counterparts are aware of our posture. Let me remind you that thanks to the Iranian nuclear deal, Iran became the most controlled country in the world. It's submitted to the control of IAEA. It effectively ensures the exclusively peaceful nature of Iranian nuclear program and strengthens the non-proliferation regime. While we discussed the internal Ukrainian crisis, we paid special attention to the bona fide implementation of Minsk agreements by Kiev. At the same time, the United States could be more decisive in nudging the Ukrainian leadership and encourage it 
to uh, work actively in this. We paid more attention to economic ties and economic cooperation. It's clear that both countries, the businesses of both countries, are interested in this. American delegation was one of the largest delegations on the St. Petersburg Economic Forum. It featured over 500 representatives of American businesses. We agreed, me and President Trump, we agreed to create a high-level working group that would bring together captains of Russian and American business. After all, entrepreneurs and businessmen know better how to articulate this successful business cooperation will let them think and make their proposals and suggestions in this regard. Once again, President Trump uh, mentioned the issue of the so-called interference of Russia in the American elections, and I had to reiterate things I said several times, including during our personal context, that the Russian state has never interfered and is not going to interfere into internal American affairs, oh, really? including election process. Nice Any specific we'll material, if such things arise, we are ready to analyze together. For instance, we can analyze them through the joint working group on cybersecurity, the establishment of which we discussed uh, during our previous contacts. So he basically said, so if this did happen, though, in the future, we will work together to try to solve the problem. Going with the Bill Clinton technique, deny, deny, deny. Interesting. Boy, what is Trump going to say when it's his turn? And clearly, it's past time we restore our cooperation in the cultural area, in the humanitarian area. As far as... I think you know that recently we hosted the American congressman delegation and now it's perceived and portrayed almost as a historic event, although it should have been just a current affairs, just business as usual. And in this regard, we mentioned this proposal to the president. Um, we have to think about the practicalities of our cooperation, but also about the rationale, the underlying logic of it. And we have to engage experts on bilateral relationship, who know history and the background of our relationship. The idea is to create an expert council that would include political scientists, prominent diplomats and former military experts in both countries who would look for points of contact between two countries. That would look for ways on putting the relationship on the trajectory of growth. In general, we are glad with the outcome of our first full-scale meeting, because previously we only um, had a chance to talk briefly on international fora. We had a good conversation with President Trump, and I hope that we start to understand each other better, and I'm grateful to Donald for, for it. Clearly, um, there are some challenges left when we were not able to clear all the backlog, but I think that we made the first important step in this direction. And in conclusion, I want to point out that this atmosphere of cooperation is something that we are especially grateful for to our Finnish hosts. We're grateful for Finnish people and Finnish leadership for the what they've done. Awesome. I know that we've caused some inconvenience to Finland and we um, apologize for it. Thank you for your attention. Okay, so Trump's turn. They, they shake hands. Trump says, nice job. 
Stick it in, Trump. Stick Thank it in. You. I have just concluded a meeting with President Putin on a wide range of critical issues for both of our countries. We had direct, open, deeply productive dialogue. Went very well. Before I begin, I want to thank President Ninisto of Finland for graciously hosting today's summit. Excellent breakfast. President Putin and I were saying how lovely it was and what a great job they did. I also want to congratulate Russia and President Putin for having done such an excellent job in hosting the World Cup. It was really one of the best ever, and your team also did very well. It was a great job. I'm here today to continue the proud tradition of bold American diplomacy. From the earliest days of our republic, American leaders have understood that diplomacy and engagement is preferable to conflict and hostility. A productive dialogue is not only good for the United States and good for Russia, but it is good for the world. The disagreements between our two countries are well known, and President Putin and I discussed them at length today. But if we're going to solve many of the problems facing our world, then we're going to have to find ways to cooperate in pursuit of shared interests. Too often in both recent past and long ago, we have seen the consequences when diplomacy is left on the table. We have also seen the benefits of cooperation. In the last century, our nations fought alongside one another in the Second World War. Even during the tensions of the Cold War, when the world looked much different than it does today, the United States and Russia were able to maintain a strong dialogue. But our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. Nothing would be easier politically than to refuse to meet, to refuse to engage, but that would not accomplish anything. As president, I cannot make decisions on foreign policy in a futile effort to appease partisan critics or the media or Democrats who want to do nothing but resist and obstruct. Constructive dialogue between the United States and Russia afford the opportunity to open new pathways toward peace and stability in our world. Doesn't this seem like this is mostly aimed at arguing with uh, cable news pundits? On why he should have done this or not? Uh, yeah, to a large extent. I'm, I'm waiting for some specifics. Yeah, I hope so. To take a political risk in pursuit of peace <clears throat> than to risk peace in pursuit of politics. As president, I will always put what is best for America and what is best for the American people. During today's meeting, I addressed directly with President Putin the issue of Russian interference in our elections. I felt this was a message best delivered in person, spent a great deal of time talking about it, and President Putin may very well want to address it, and very strongly, because he feels very strongly about it, and he has an interesting idea. We also discussed one of the most critical... Is that it? Uh, yes, That's it? in terms of what he's going to say. 
uh, I liked the idea of I wanted to say it to his face. If indeed it unfolded that way, I kind of like it. And he clearly did not buy the denial. Trump did not buy the denial. He didn't even tip a cap to the denial. Didn't even acknowledge that it had happened. And then what was the... He has some interesting ideas. They talked about continuing or forming a mutual cybersecurity thing, which is uh, ridiculous. But I'm hoping that this gets... uh, We get more details when they start asking the questions. Sure. Challenges facing humanity. Nuclear proliferation. I provided an update on my meeting last month with Chairman Kim on the denuclearization of North Korea. And after today... I am very sure that President Putin and Russia want very much to end that problem, going to work with us, and I appreciate that commitment. So we're going to take a break again for those stations that have to leave us. Mm -hmm. We'll miss you when you're gone. Oh, indeed. We won't talk about you, but more to come. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. For everybody else, we're going to stay here, and uh, I want to get to the questions here when Trump's done rambling. And I also discussed the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism. Both Russia and the United States have suffered horrific terrorist attacks, and we have agreed to maintain open communication between our security agencies to protect our citizens from this global menace. Last year, we told Russia about a planned attack in St. Petersburg, and they were able to stop it cold. They found them. They stopped them. There was no doubt about it. I appreciated President Putin's phone call afterwards to thank me. I also emphasized the importance of placing pressure on Iran to halt its nuclear ambitions and to stop its campaign of violence throughout the area, throughout the Middle East. As we discussed at length, the crisis in Syria is a complex one. Cooperation between our two countries has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of lives. I also made clear that the United States will not allow Iran to benefit from our successful campaign against ISIS. We have just about eradicated ISIS in the area. We also agreed that representatives from our national security councils will meet to follow up on all of the issues we address today and to continue the progress we have started right here in Helsinki. Today's meeting is only the beginning of a longer process, but we have taken the first steps toward a brighter future and one with a strong dialogue and a lot of thought. Our expectations are grounded in realism, but our hopes are grounded in America's desire for friendship cooperation, and peace. And I think I can speak on behalf of Russia when I say that also. President Putin, I want to thank you again for joining me for these important discussions and for advancing open dialogue between Russia and the United States. Our meeting carries on a long tradition of diplomacy between Russia, the United States, for the greater good of all, and This was a very constructive day. This was a very constructive few hours that we spent together. It's in the interest of both of our countries to continue our conversation, and we have agreed to do so. 
I'm sure we'll be meeting again in the future, often, and hopefully we will solve every one of the problems that we discussed today. So, again, President Putin, thank you very much. Distinguished presidents, now the journalists would have chance to ask two questions, two uh, sets of questions each, each first. Uh, the Russian journalist will ask the question. Please give your affiliation. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Alexei Meshkov, Interfax Information Agency. I have a question to President Trump. During your recent European tour, you've mentioned that the implementation of the a North Stream 2 gas pipeline makes Europe a hostage of Russia and you suggested that you could free Europe from this uh, by supplying American LNG. But this cold winter actually showed that the current model, current uh, mechanism of supply wow. of fuel to Europe is quite viable. State At the same controlled time, media. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I was hoping, I was thinking question right out of the box has got to be about the election stuff, but not from the Russian people. Certainly not. You have to ask a question that's beneficial to Putin or you'll end right. up dead. Right. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, U.S. had to buy even Russian gas for Boston. I have a question. The implementation of your idea has a political tinge to it, or is it a practical one? Because there will be a gap formed in the supply and demand mechanism. And the first is the consuming countries who will fall into this gap. And the second question, before the meeting with President Putin, you called him an adversary, a rival. And yet you expressed hope that you will be able to bring this relationship to a new level. Did you manage to do this? Well, actually, I called him a competitor, and a good competitor he is. Uh, and I think the word competitor is a uh, supplement. Uh, I think that uh, we will be competing when you talk about the pipeline. I'm not sure necessarily that uh, it's in the best interests of Germany or not, but that was a decision that they made. We'll be competing. As you know, the United States is now... Uh, or soon will be, but I think it actually is right now the largest uh, in the oil and gas world. So we're going to be selling LNG and we'll have to be competing with the pipeline. And I think we'll compete successfully, although there is a little advantage locationally. So I just wish them luck. I mean, I did. I discussed with Angela Merkel in pretty strong tones, but I also know where they're all coming from. And uh, they have a very close source, so we'll see how that all works out. But we have lots of sources now, and the United States is much different than it was a number of years ago when we weren't able to extract what we can extract today. So today we're number one in the world at that, and I think we'll be out there competing very strongly. Thank you very much. If I may, um, I throw in some two cents. We talked to Mr. President, including this subject as well. We are aware of the stance of President Trump, and I think... So, welcome back. We're in the midst of the Putin-Trump press conference, and they just started taking questions, and the first question was from the Russian media. It was clearly a plant. It was written by Putin himself, uh, calling President Trump to account for his ideas on the German pipeline and natural gas and the rest of it. So, they're in the midst of that. I assume they're going to go back and forth. As soon as an American asks a question, we're going to get into the uh, 
the hacking and that stuff, don't you think, right, right. away? Yeah, but Putin, we're going to rejoin Putin talking about natural gas for Germany. That's sort of thing. Ho-hum. As a major oil and gas power, and the United States is a major oil and gas power as well, we could work together on regulation of international markets because neither of us is actually interested in the plummeting of uh, the of the prices and the consumers will suffer as well and the consumers in the united states will suffer as well and the uh, shale gas production will suffer because beyond a certain price bracket it's no longer profitable to to produce gas but uh, nor we are interested in driving prices up because it will drain juices live juices from all other sectors of the economy from machine building etc so we do have space for cooperation here was the first thing then about the north stream two mr president voiced his concerns about the possibility of disappearance of transit through Ukraine and I reassured Mr. President that Russia stands ready to maintain this transit. Moreover, we stand ready to extend this transit contract that is about to expire next year in case if the dispute between the economic entities dispute will be settled in the Stockholm Arbitration Court. This goes to Jeff Mason from Reuters. Thank you. Mr. President, you tweeted this morning that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the Mueller probe that is responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame. I think that the United States now has stepped forward along with Russia, and we're getting together and we have a chance to do some great things whether it's nuclear proliferation in terms of stopping okay i want to hear the rest of this answer a lot but i'll tell you what if obama had said that sort of thing right wing radio would go crazy right no right. doubt about it mm-hmm. equivocating well we're both to blame here yeah I... Russia's one of the evilest countries on the planet most evil this is a uh, reset button this is uh Another attempt to say, hey, this is a new era, we're buddies, we're working it together, and it's as of much significance, I think, as the smiling, laughing reset button thing. It's just, it's all about actions. Well, I don't like the President of the United States saying, nah, well, we both have done things wrong. Yeah, we didn't invade Crimea. We're not bombing hospitals. We're not gassing children. Right. We're not doing lots of things that Russia's doing. We're not having our soldiers take patches off their sleeves and, and killing Ukrainians. That's, uh, that's probably the most important thing that we can be working on. But uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes. I think that the, the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. And frankly, uh, we beat her. And I'm not even saying from the standpoint we won that race 
And it's a shame that there can even be a little bit of a cloud over it. Uh, people know that. People understand it. But the main thing, and we discussed this also, is zero collusion. And it has had a negative impact upon the relationship of the two largest nuclear powers in the world. We have 90%. Wow. The accusation of wow. collusion hasn't caused the problem. Wow. It's the Russian interference in heck. Listen, Trump fans, email us now. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Text us now. 415-295-KFTC. And I'm a fan of Trump in a lot of regards, but can he not differentiate the collusion part of the investigation with the broader investigation. What the hell is he talking about? How can he not focus on the fact that Russia didn't try, they did, but tried and disrupted a U.S. presidential election right? with a tremendous amount of resources? Really, only far-left numbskulls are still claiming the collusion thing. We're way past that. And as his own DNI, Director of National Intelligence, said on Friday, we're under attack right now. For the 2018 cycle by Russians. The only defense I can think of is he's just not going to show his gun till he needs to. We're buddies. We're buddies. We're buddies till it's time to stick in the I knife. Ju- I, just think, gun knife I just think anytime the topic comes up, the only thing he can do is get defensive over people don't think I legitimately won. Right. He can't think of anything else. Yeah, that's as odd. It is odd. Oof, and I think there's going to be much more of this with other questions. Nuclear power between the two countries. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's going on with the probe. For President Putin, if I could follow up as well. Um, Why should Americans and why should President Trump believe your statement that Russia did not intervene in the 2016 election, given the evidence that U.S. intelligence agencies have provided? And will you consider extraditing the 12 Russian officials that were indicted last week by a U.S. grand jury? Well, I'm going to let the president answer the second part of that question. But as you know, uh, the whole concept of that came up perhaps a little bit before, but it came out as a reason why the Democrats lost an election which, frankly, they should have been able to win because the Electoral College is much more advantageous for Democrats, as you know, than it is to Republicans. Uh, We won the Electoral College by a lot, 306 to 223, I believe. And uh, that was a well-fought, that was a well-fought battle. We did a great job. And frankly, uh, I'm gonna let the president speak to the second part of your question. But uh, just to say it one time again, and I say it all the time, uh, there was no collusion. Oh my I didn't God. know the president. Nobody asked uh, about collusion. There was nobody to collude with. There was no collusion with the campaign. And every time you hear all of these, you know, 12 and 14, it's stuff that has nothing to do. And frankly, they admit these are not people involved in the campaign. But to the average reader out there, they're saying, well, maybe that does. It doesn't. Uh, And even the people involved, some perhaps told misstories, although in one case the FBI said there was no lie. There was no lie. Somebody else said there was. Uh, We ran a brilliant campaign, and that's why I'm president. Thank you. Whoa! Whoa! God dang it. I hope he gets into Russia for being on the wrong side of this a little bit with some of these answers. I'm stunned by that. That is something. He only focused on the collusion part of it. And none of those 12 was accused of any sort of collusion. No, no. 
As to who is to be believed and to who is not to be believed, you can trust no one if you, if you take this. Where did you get this idea that President Trump trusts me or I trust him? He defends the interests of the United States of America and I do defend the interests of the Russian Federation. We do have interests that are common. We are looking for points of contact. There are issues where our postures diverge and we are looking for ways to reconcile our differences, how to make our effort more meaningful. We should not proceed from the immediate political interests that guide certain political powers in our countries. We should be guided by facts. Could you name a single fact that would definitively prove the collusion? This is utter nonsense. Just like the President recently mentioned. Yes, the public at large in the United States had a certain perceived opinion of the candidates during the campaign, but there's nothing particularly extraordinary about it. That's the usual thing. President Trump, when he was a candidate, he mentioned the need to restore the Russia-US relationship, and it's clear that certain part of American society felt sympathetic about it, and different people could express their sympathy in different ways. But isn't that natural? Isn't it natural to be sympathetic towards See, a person who is, is so willing to... He's portraying the entire investigation as a collusion investigation now in a smart way. Yeah, and why wouldn't he? Right. Why wouldn't he? restore the relationship with our country who wants to work with us we heard the accusations about the concord country well as far as i know this company hired american lawyers and the accusations doesn't don't have a bucket uh, doesn't have a fighting chance in the american you know, courts so there's no evidence when it comes to the actual facts so we have to be guided by facts and not by rumors now let's uh, get back to the issue of these 12 alleged intelligence officers of, of Russia. I don't know the full extent of the situation, but the President Trump mentioned this issue and I will look into it. So far, I can say the following. The things that off the top of my head. We have an acting an existing agreement between the United States of America and the Russian Federation, an existing treaty that dates back to 1999. Uh, the mutual assistance on criminal cases. This treaty is in full effect. It works quite efficiently. On an average, we initiate about 100, 150 criminal cases upon request from foreign states. Uh, for instance, the last year, uh, there was an, one extradition case. When he says last, he sounds like he's saying lust. That always confuses me. Yeah. Uh, we have to take a break for our, uh, our other stations that, uh, well, that go to break. But uh, for the rest of you, we're going to stay here and take some more of this. Man, it's getting into the interesting part. I can say we've gotten a number of texts from people who say they're Trump supporters who are really unhappy with Trump's answer. Um, yeah, well, and on too. Trump's side. So yep. but anyway, more of that coming up. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And you still are, if you're with us right now. And let's get back to, uh, man, Putin's got to be loving the way this is going so far. Upon the request sent by the United States. So this treaty has specific legal procedures. We can offer that the appropriate 
commission headed by by Special Attorney Mueller, he can use this treaty as a solid foundation and send an formal, an official request to us, so that we would interrogate, we would hold a questioning of these individuals who he believes are privy to some crimes, and our law enforcement are perfectly able to do this questioning and send the appropriate materials to the United States. That is hilarious. So we're going to send the names of the Russians, which of course he already has, that are involved in his police are going to arrest them and question them to see if they did these dastardly deeds. That is hilarious. Moreover, we can meet you halfway. We can make another step. We can actually permit official representatives of the United States including the members of this very commission um, headed by Mr. Mueller, we can let them into the country and they will be present to this questioning. But in this case, there is a there is another condition. And this kind of effort should be a mutual one. Then we would expect that the Americans would reciprocate and they, they would question officials, including the um, officers of law enforcement and intelligence services of the United States, whom we believe are who have something to do with illegal actions on the territory of Russia, and we have to um, to request the presence of our law enforcement. For instance, we can bring up the Mr. Mr. Browder in this particular case. Business associates of Mr. Browder have earned over one and a half billion dollars in Russia. They never paid any taxes, neither in Russia nor in the United States. And yet the money escaped the country. They were transferred to the United States. They sent huge amount of money, 400 million as a contribution to, uh, to the campaign of Hillary Clinton. Well, that's their personal case. It might have been legal the contribution itself, but the way the money was earned was illegal. So we have a solid reason to believe that some intelligence officers accompanied and guided these transactions. So we have a, an interest of questioning them. But we can all, that, that could be a first step, and we can also extend it. Options abound, and uh, they all can be found in an appropriate legal framework. Just to make this perfectly clear, so so Putin made the laughable claim that if we give him the names of these military officers, he will arrest them and question them to make sure that they didn't do these dastardly deeds, which is hilarious. Right. And then made specific allegations against Americans who he says are doing wrong to Russia. When our president has made any specific allegations, at least not at this podium, against Russia. Yeah. So he's getting in our face about things we're doing wrong. Right. We're not getting in his face about things he's doing wrong, at least so far. So we'll see where this goes. Any of your officials to help him do that? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because he talked about bringing the U.S.-Russia relationship back to normal. I think there can be the three questions from the Russian pool. Russia Today, you have the floor. Thank you so much. Uh, good evening to everyone. My name is Ilya Petrenko, RT TV channel. In English. Uh, Mr. President, 
would you please go into the details of possibly any specific arrangements for the U.S. to work together with Russia in Syria? If any of these kind of arrangements were made today or discussed. My question to President Putin in Russian, since we, we brought up the issue of football several times, I ask, uh, I use the football language. Mr. Pompeo mentioned that when we talk about the Syrian cooperation, the ball is in the Syrian court. Uh, Mr. Putin, in the Russian court. Is it true? And how would you use this fact, the, the, the having the ball? Well, I guess I'll answer the first part of the question. We've worked with... Uh... Welcome welcome back. We are taking the Putin-Trump press conference live after their two-hour meeting they had earlier this morning. Uh, what question was just asked Trump's about to answer? It was a bizarre, hard-to-follow question about... Soccer metaphors for the Syrian war and yeah, whose ball is in whose court. If you're just joining this, they're going back and forth between Russian journalists and, uh, and non-Russian journalists. The Russian journalists so far are all asking non-election uh, interference type questions on purpose, obviously. And, and, and flattering questions for Russia. Yeah, and, uh, and that's where we are right now. Israel, long and hard for many years, many decades. I think we've never, never has anyone, any country been closer than we are. Uh, President Putin also is helping Israel. And we both spoke with Bibi Netanyahu. And they would like to do certain things with respect to Syria, having to do with the safety of Israel. So in that respect, we absolutely would like to work in order to help Israel. And Israel will be working with us. So both countries would work jointly. And I think that uh, when you look at all of the progress that's been made in certain sections with the eradication of ISIS, we're about 98%, 99% there, and other things that have taken place that we've done, and that, frankly, Russia has helped us with in certain respects, But I think that uh, working with uh, Israel is a great thing, and creating safety for Israel is something that both President Putin and I would like to see very much. Uh, One little thing I might add to that is the uh, helping of people. Helping of people, because you have such horrible, uh, if, if you see, and I've seen reports, and I've seen pictures, I've seen just about everything. And if we can do something to help, the people of Syria get back into some form of shelter and uh, on a humanitarian basis. And that's what the word was, really, a humanitarian basis. I think that both of us would be very interested in doing that. And we are. We will do that. Thank you very much. Excuse me, but for now, no specific agreements, for instance, between the militaries. Well, our militaries do get along. In fact, our militaries actually have gotten along probably better than our political leaders for years, but our militaries do get along very well, and they do coordinate uh, in Syria and other places. Okay? Thank you. Yes, we did mention this. We mentioned the humanitarian track of this issue. Yesterday, I discussed this with French President Mr. Macron, 
And we reached an agreement that together with European countries, including France, we will step up this effort. On our behalf, we provide military cargo aircraft to deliver the humanitarian uh, cargo. And today I brought up this issue with uh, President Trump. I think there is plenty of things to, uh, to look into. The crucial thing here is that a huge amount of uh, refugees are in Turkey, in Lebanon, in Jordan, in the states that border are adjacent to Syria. If we help, um, help them, the migratory pressure upon the European states will drop, will be decreased manifold. And I believe it's crucial from any point of view, from humanitarian point of view, from the point of view of, of helping people, helping the refugees. And in general, I agree, I concur with President Trump. Our military cooperate quite successfully together. They do get along and I hope they will be able to do so in future. And we will keep working in the Astana format, I mean Russia, Turkey and Iran, which I informed President Trump about. But we do stand ready to link these efforts to the so-called so small group of states so that the process would be a broader one, it would be a multidimensional one. And so that we will be able to maximize our fighting chance to, to get the, the ultimate success in the, in the issue of Syria. And speaking about the, having the ball in our court in Syria, President Trump has just mentioned that we've successfully concluded the World Football Cup. Speaking of the football, actually, Mr. President, I'll give this ball to you, and now the ball is in your court. All the more that the United States will host the World Cup in 2026. Yeah, you're listening to this on the radio. They actually just handed a soccer ball to Putin. He handed the ball to Trump and said, now the ball is in your court. Oh, that actually nice. just that's happened. That's beautiful. Um, so where are we in terms of trying to take a break? We're going to take a break here for the rest of our stations here and stick with it for uh, stations that stay with us. Um, there are going to be more questions to come, I assume, on the whole Russian interference. And well, we'll see how if Trump takes another shot at... Uh, trying to put a little pressure on Putin for not doing this anymore. Well, there are a few minutes left, and then our, our comments, which will shock you. <laughs> Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And we'll go uh, back into, I assume they move on from the soccer ball to, uh, to heavier stuff here, right? Thank you very much. We do host it, and we hope we do as good a job. That's very nice. That will go to my son, Baron. We have no question. In fact, Melania, here you go. <laughs> Okay. The final question from the United States will go to Jonathan Lemire from the AP. Final question, they just said. Thank you. Uh, question for each president. President Trump, yes. you first. Um, just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. What, who, my first question for you, sir, is who do you believe? My second question is, would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin, would you denounce what happened in 2016, and would you warn him to never do it again? So let me just say that we have two thoughts. You have groups that are wondering why the FBI never took the server. 
haven't they taken the server? Why was the FBI told to leave the office of the Democratic National Committee? I've been wondering that. I've been asking that for months and months, and I've been tweeting it out and calling it out on social media. Where is the server? I want to know where is the server and what is the server saying? With that being said, all I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be, but I really do want to see the server. Uh, but I have, uh, I have confidence in both parties. I, I really believe that this will probably go on for a while, but I don't think it can go on without finding out what happened to the server. What happened to the servers of the Pakistani gentlemen that worked on the DNC? Where are those servers? They're missing. Where are they? What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? 33,000 emails, gone, wow. just gone. I, this is I'm going to get killed for this, but that answer is as if Putin had written it for him. That answer is as if Putin had written it for the president of the United States I'm just on astounded. a way to dodge calling them out for interfering in our election. Unfreaking believable. I'm speechless. Unless I'm missing something. Let's see how he ends this and then what Putin has to say. I think in Russia they wouldn't be gone so easily. I think it's a disgrace that we can't get Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have... The people working on the case come and work with their investigators. Okay, all right. He just said earlier. He said something that uh, you know. I believe both parties. So he put Vladimir Putin, the known murderer, cheater, subterfuge artist, on equal footing with America's intelligence service. Two choices. Number one, that is a horrific thing for a president to say, or it's an ingenious ploy to get Putin to drop his guard because it's an astonishing thing to say. It's mind-boggling. People say everything's historic. This is historic. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. I've been studying this stuff my whole life. I never thought I'd see this moment. Yeah, I want to I want to make sure I'm not getting all giddy and out of control here, but it feels like something big just happened. Yeah, clearly. And not good. Let's see how this ends. The 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Okay? Thank you. Yes, please. I'd like to add something to this. After all, I was an intelligence officer myself. And I do know how dossiers are made up. Just a quote. Just a second. That's the first thing. Now the second thing. I believe that Russia is a democratic state, and I hope you're not denying this right to your own country. You're not denying that United States is a democracy. Do you believe the United States is a democracy? And if so, if it is a democratic state, then the final conclusion in this kind of a dispute can only be delivered by a trial, by the court, not by the executive, by the uh, law enforcement. 
for instance, the Concord company that was brought up is being accused. It's been accused of interference. But this company does not constitute the Russian state. It does not represent the Russian state. And I brought several examples before. Well, you have a lot of individuals in the United States, take George Soros, for instance, with multi-billion capitals, but it does it make him his position, his posture, the posture of the United States? Right, no, it does hilarious. not. Putin touting the democratic values of Russia and their justice. Oh, that's hilarious, Vlad. Same case. There is the issue of trying a case in the court. And the final, uh, the, the final say is for the court to deliver. We are now talking about the private, in the, the, the individuals, and not about particular states. And as far as the most recent allegation is concerned about the Russian intelligence officers, we do have... Rejoining with the uh, the other radio stations, um, if you went away, we got to bring you back up to speed because uh, major development in the last few minutes. A reporter gave President Trump the opportunity to say to Vlad's face, you hacked into our elections, you tried to influence the way a presidential election turned out, we know it was you. And Trump decided not to take that opportunity and went on some weird... Uh, tangent about Hillary's server or something. Right, all about Hillary. That and, was weird. Uh, it was very, very weird. And now Putin's getting into strangeness about his willingness to investigate. <laughs> Please, that's a joke. But uh, this is this is this is wrapping up. It's it's almost done. Um, I've looked ahead a little bit. There are a couple of more headlines to come, and then we will discuss. An intergovernmental treaty. Please do send us the request. We will analyze it properly and we'll send a formal response. And as I said, we can extend this cooperation, but we should do it on a reciprocal basis because we would await our Russian counterparts to provide us access to the persons of interest for us who who we believe can have something to do with the intelligence services. Let's discuss the specific issues and not use the Russia and the U.S. relationship as a loose change, the loose change for this internal political struggle. A question for President for President Putin. Thank you. Uh, two questions for you, sir. Can you tell me what President Trump may have indicated to you about officially recognizing Crimea as part of Russia? And then secondly, sir, do you, does the Russian government have any compromising material on President Trump or his family? <laughs> Big smile from Trump on that one. President Trump and, well, posture of President Trump on Crimea is well known and he stands firmly by it. He continue to man- maintain that uh, it was illegal to annex it. We, our viewpoint is different. We held a referendum in strict compliance with the UN Charter and the international legislation. For us, this issue, we put paid to this issue. And now to the compromising material. Yeah, I did heard these rumors that we allegedly collected compromising material on Mr. Trump when he was visiting Moscow. 
Well, distinguished colleague, let me tell you this. When President Trump visited Moscow back then, I didn't even know that he was in Moscow. Uh-huh. I treat President Trump with utmost respect. But back then, when he was a private individual, a businessman, nobody informed me that he was in Moscow. Well, let's take St. Petersburg Economic Forum, for instance. There were over 500 American businessmen, the high-ranking, the high-level ones. I don't even remember the last names of each and every one of them. Well, do you remember, do you think that we try to collect compromising material on each and every single one of them? Yes. Well, it's difficult to imagine uh, another nonsense of a bigger scale than this. Wow. Well, please, just disregard these issues and don't think about this anymore again. (laughs) Oh, okay. It would have been out long ago. I'll kill you. And if anybody watched Peter Strzok testify over the last couple of days, and I was in Brussels watching it, it was a disgrace to the FBI, it was a disgrace to our country, and you would say that was a total witch hunt. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Shake hands and it's over. I'll tell you what. Um, maybe you can talk me out of it with texts or emails, or we'll have some smart people on in the coming days. But uh, I think that was awful—an awful performance by the president of the United States. And I, I generally like what Trump does, but uh, I didn't like that. I'm astounded by it. I have never heard anything close to. A non-defense of our country from a president and and a bizarre inability to separate himself from the country's needs. Unless it was some, you know, three-dimensional chess. All chess is three-dimensional. Um, some sort of ploy, some sort of get him to drop his guard by appearing no. to be a 100% on his side. But if that's true, that is as Dumb as Obama and Bush thinking they could play Putin. You can't play Putin. All you can do is is maintain your your awareness and your defenses at all times. Be ready to counterattack at every moment. I don't think it was a strategy. Um, if it was, it's 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 not a good one because you can't act like that on the world stage with the whole world watching. It just it it gives Russia too much cover. Um, for too long. I mean, it does too much damage to side with him that way. Honest to God, his his response was as if it was written by Putin. It was it was a bunch of words about Hillary's server. I don't even know what he was talking about to avoid having to say to the guy standing next to him, "Look, we know you are in charge of those Russian military agents who spent their the last two years." Hacking into our election system. Yeah. Yeah, I'm checking. And the you e- got to stop. I'm checking the email, and all we're getting is, you know, the usual couple of people who are just, you guys are so stupid. You don't get it, blah, blah, blah. But, but no argument, really. And I'd say we got a number um, of and texts. And a couple of Russian body type uh, things. But We got a number of texts from people who say, look, I'm a, I'm a Trump. So, well, here, here's one I haven't even read yet. I'll bring this one up. I can see the first couple of Hell, words. Hell, I almost want to take calls. Somebody stop yeah. me. Yeah, no, couldn't. Stop, Joe. Please um, don't. I'm a Trump supporter. I agree with Jack. That was the worst thing he's done. Uh, we, we've gotten a number of those. You know how many people that represents? I don't have any idea. But that, that that's pretty freaking hard to defend. 
you know, we, we started the show with what do you think he ought to say? I was hoping they wouldn't even have the, I was hoping he wouldn't even meet with him, make a strong statement by saying I'm not even meeting with you until we get some agreement, blah, blah, blah. Joe was hoping he'd go out there and like really, you know, get in his face on this. He did the, he didn't do that. He didn't even come close. He did the opposite. He denied that it had occurred. He had denied. Which one do you believe? Well, I believe both parties. Yeah. He denied that it occurred. That's what he did. That's right. Andor went off on a bizarre tangent about Hillary's server, which should have been investigated better. It's not one or the other, folks. Yeah, the FBI dropped the ball, and I still want to get to the bottom of that. And Strzok was biased. That's got nothing to do with the question posed to the president that's standing next to Putin. Exactly correct. But it was the entirety of his answer. Ah, that's rough. That's rough. He's going to get killed for that and should by the uh, the media that already hates him. And I I have a feeling we're going to hear from from John McCain and others – we're pretty unhappy with the performance. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if indeed the senator is capable of communicating at this point, I don't know what his state is. But um, you know what I'm really anxious to hear is Brett Baer's panel. Well, uh, McCain said over the weekend he didn't think Trump should meet with Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear some of the staunch defenders um, of, uh, of Brett Baer's show on Fox News, which is the best hard news show on the air. Um, see, see what they have to say. I'm curious to know what some of our colleagues on... This fine radio station have to say um, who are who are pro Trump Republicans etc. I'm I'm my mind is boggled. Yeah, is it just and we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we've got a, a good guest we're going to talk to in a few minutes. Who are we to Andrew Egger of the Weekly Standard, the Weekly Standard about this. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what he has to say. Um, we'll be taking your texts and emails and stuff like that, but. Ah, dang it. That's rough. Was damage done? I don't know. Any long-lasting damage done? I have never been more certain that the tape exists. What tape? The, uh, you know, the bathroom tape. The hooker pee-pee tape? (laughs) Yeah. Sean. Never been more sure. (laughs) Sean. (laughs) Now that would be a development. Uh, Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. 